I'm Melanie Keita. I'm the CEO and co-founder of uh, Melanin Capital. This, this, is, this is Diversified, Diversified. Diversified. Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have all the way from Germany, but she is French Congolese. Let's get it right, because we are having some German jokes that we won't be sharing. I have Miss Melanie from Melanin Capital, and she's going to give us the game on how she's impacting African entrepreneurs on the continent and around the world. Melanie, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, Kellen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Well, tell us all about Melanin Capital. Why did you start this, you know, a little over a year ago? And what is the purpose and the mission of this great business? Yeah, sure. So um, basically, the, it all started in, in 2019. Uh, I was with uh, one of my very good friends from Kenya, Ian Minjiri, and uh, we're both stuck in Frankfurt, uh, which, as you know, can have uh, its pros and cons, but we were kind of a bit bored uh, at the time and like dreaming of actually having a contribution back in our home countries. Ian is born and bred in in Kenya, in Nairobi, and uh, um, myself, I, I grew up in France, but I have all my family back in Congo, Mali, and Senegal. And what we wanted is just to have like a way to to contribute to change back home. And we were far, so we knew that we couldn't do much, but we knew people that were on the ground, like insp inspiring entrepreneurs that were changing the world every day. And we thought that we could use at least our skill, our network, and uh, our expertise to help them to get to the next level. So we met, um, you know, like founders that were doing amazing things. Like uh, currently, we're supporting one of them on a social media platform. You may you may have seen her, Bethlehem and Bethlehem, uh, two Ethiopian entrepreneurs that are actually uh, producing a paper pulp without using trees and just using agricultural waste and turning it into paper. And you know, when we see that kind of um, inspiration, like we want to know what do they need to make their dream come true. And for Zafri, uh, particularly for this company, they needed uh, capital and they needed access to other partners. So that's what we, we, we have been working with them, linking them to corporates in the paper industry that would want to be greener or to foundations internationally and finally helping them in their crowdfunding campaign, which is happening right now. And other entrepreneurs, we realized they needed knowledge and expertise to basically um, build a business that would be eligible for investors. And that's what we decided to, to basically uh, provide. So at Melon Capital, we say that we educate, we advise, connect and finance. So our role is basically to come at all the stage of, a, of an early stage company on the African continent, bringing them knowledge about impact investing and how to raise from impact investors through our academy. 
then bringing them capacity through our startup lab uh, where we help them to become investor ready and then bring them uh, connections uh, them to angel investors and impact investors and corporates uh, to help them build traction and get to the next level. We're now even building our own funds to be able to put the money where our mouth is and really support the entrepreneurs with this great social impact potential to get to the next level. So that's all about what we do at Melanin Capital. And you mentioned, you know, in that, uh, some former guests that we have had, um, you know, um, that, correct me if I'm wrong, that paper is tree free. So no trees were harmed in making that paper. I remember that um, in the interview. So yes, um, I, I've had, you know, had her as a guest and um, have bothered her um, after that as well because I, I just love, um, I love the drive. And I love when um, mm -hmm. young, young people, especially women are doing their thing on the continent because we know, you know, a generation ago, it was difficult. In two generations exactly. ago, it was, it was even more, I mean, you had to be, you know, such a radical. So I, I love that. Now, so people don't bombard you with emails, let's walk them down how you work. Because I too, work with African entrepreneurs who need money, but a lot of times African entrepreneurs and American or Canadian entrepreneurs is the same thing. When they're looking for angels or venture capital, they have no clue what they need. So when they exactly. come to you, they start saying, oh, great idea, best idea, give me a hundred thousand and I'll show you, but they don't even have step two. Step one is the idea, but then it's step two or three. So what are the steps for someone to reach out to you and, you know, you guys finance the majority of the projects? Because what I heard is you connect and then you can finance some of the projects, but give more of the game on that so people don't just look at you like a genie. And if they rub your bottle, you'll make all the dreams come Exactly. <laughs> no, totally. Uh, and thanks for that question. So basically, we, we have now digitized 100% uh, of our process. So I'll be able to also share with you the link that where people can come into uh, our platform and follow this step-by-step -step process. So first, of course, we, we ask a very small questionnaire to understand a bit where you are in your idea. Because as you said really uh, rightly, uh, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that come to us with an idea, but you need more than an idea. You need a pitch deck, you need a, uh, at least a business concept, you need to have shown that your idea is actually feasible, that it generates revenues, that it generates social impact to your community. So we need to understand that uh, and understand where do you position yourself in that process. So we first have this very simple form where you explain to us a bit where you are with your with your business and where you submit your documents. Uh, once we have a first assessment, uh, then we are able to see whether you need to work more on your idea and maybe go through um, our master um, fundraising masterclasses uh, through the academy where we teach you more about um, the requirements that are necessary for you to get to the next level. Because um, an investor, when they would look at, at your project, they would need to tick their own boxes. And this is what we will basically, um, the knowledge that we will provide during our masterclass. 
once uh, if we see that your business is more advanced and you already have managed to generate quite a significant amount of revenues but you are still a bit stuck in this in between of i'm generating maybe 20 30000 us dollars a year but to get to the 100000 or 200000 i would need like maybe a partner that will have a significant amount of clients i would need to have um, more communities using my products so then we help you through the lab uh, and we help you through um like a series of 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 advisory sessions to build your documentation and get access to corporate partners so we really go through your whole pitch deck your procedures um your organigram your financials your models to make sure that at least um you you have these foundations that are very strong and you can um improve that foundation through partnerships and 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 more traction and if you've already skipped uh, all that phases then this is where we can actually uh, show you to investors to foundations um and to angels for them to have a deeper look and they will literally dissect uh, all your company go through a full due diligence to see if they can come uh, individually or as a syndicate uh, of investors and for that this is then the connect part where we uh, connect you into our club and we have different roadshows that we organize uh, we of course organize pitch events uh, or demo days if you prefer and uh, this is where we when we know that your foundations are strong we feel very comfortable showing you to our network and um and that's pretty much the the whole process so far so uh, you guys just Keep in mind, listening, it's educate, advise, and connect. Go to their beautiful website. Links are in the description, whether you are listening or you are watching. I know more of you are listening than there are watchers, but you never know when that could change. But we appreciate you all. Now, what do you find to be the number one mistake that majority of entrepreneurs who come to you, you know, have? And let me just say, make it more clear of a vision of what I'm trying to get to. I've had people who have, you know, supposedly great jobs on the continent, business people. They give you a 20, 30 page pitch deck. That's not a pitch deck. I'm not reading that. Or they will, you know, get on hard times and then call you and say, hey, I need airfare to get home. Hey, bro, I don't know you like that. You're a business guy. Call your cousins, call your uncles. We all have them, right? What are the mistakes people come to you? Because once you open up and say, I can help you with money, and especially on the continent, it's almost like people just assume that you can solve all their problems. And a lot of people think that once you do connect them with money, they can go build their big house before they can go build their business and that happens whether you're in africa canada you know america people just think they see shark tank they see lions den and they say oh i'm rich because they gave me a yeah. million dollars not knowing that a million in america <laughs> it's not a lot so <laughs> but, but it's different on the continent so you know what are the biggest mistakes and misconceptions uh, misunderstandings you've seen new entrepreneurs have um i would say that uh the biggest mistake uh, is that they want to come for funding before even building 
a revenue generating business in the first place. So a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, they're very disappointed because they've discussed to uh, people that they know are working in the World Bank or working in an infrastructure fund, those big funds that really have billions and you think that you're going to pitch to them and they will give you money because they have so much money, right? But they completely forget that um, First, this is not the job of the, these funds. Those funds are working on, on different mandates and different projects that are not smaller entrepreneurs. That's the work of, of, of angels and, uh, and foundations to work on that. Uh, and they forget that if they cannot show an investor that if they, they put their money into your business, you're going to generate 20, 50, 60% return. I don't know what kind of, of, of return this investor is looking for. Like literally, th th there's no one that will come uh, with that kind of capital if they don't understand what kind of return they can they can get out of it. And that's, and I understand the frustration of entrepreneurs. They say, yeah, but for me to generate revenues, I need first to have money to be able to have employees and scale up. And I understand this frustration, but you need to showcase that with your idea, you can actually already sustain yourself, sustain your, your the, the few employees you have, and then this capital will be injected for you to go ex exponentially and then get even more revenues coming in so that you'll be able to then give it back to your investors with a margin. And I think that's, personally, that's what I realized that a lot of entrepreneurs are going too fast into asking for money before bootstrapping and actually trying to, to generate um, the, those revenues that will be attractive. And that has a double problem because even if you go too soon to get an investor, the investor will try to put your, the value of your company down. He will try to buy you for cheaper. So you have all the interest in the world to make sure that your business is as attractive as possible so that um, when an investor come in, you can say, yes, I'm happy to get you in my capital, but this is the value of my company and I'm not willing to negotiate so much because we have already showed this traction, this partnership, this kind of response for our market, and we're very comfortable that we can find someone else if you don't take at that price. I tell people business is a lot like dating uh, because if you don't show yourself to be of a high value, and now that's a you know yeah. word that goes through the the, the internet so loosely, um, if you're not high value or equally yoked, you are going to have someone date you or get in business exactly. with you who, yeah who thinks they're doing you a favor so you're always at a low level and not at an equal playing field so you're having to you know put up with stuff that you shouldn't have to put up with now you are you know you've had forbes uh, 30 under 30 mentions and i know that being a young woman um and let's i'm just gonna throw it out there being a young woman from europe um, who also is of lighter skin when you are doing business, it can, it can either be, you know, in your favor or a disadvantage, the woman thing and the lighter skin. Cause I'm sure people say, uh, are you really from here, here, <laughs> you know, and those are things everybody coming back or for the first time to the continent, you know, you're welcomed, but if you stay long enough, you'll understand that you are going to be different. So how have you managed that, you know, with your journey into going to Africa and doing business with old African paws who, you know, sometimes don't even know how to use the internet. 
and don't respect the degrees and the uh, accommodations and accolades, I should say, that you have gotten? I have to say, like, um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a halfie, so I, I've always had, like, the problem of being from nowhere, <laughs> I would say. And I tried to make it in another way that I am from everywhere. <laughs> I am but actually from France, from Mali, from Congo. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's true that in that, in that business, it's, it's not, it's not always easy, but I would, I would tend to say that the response that I had from African entrepreneurs was always very, very positive. You know, like I've, I've, I've had a harder time trying to integrate into the European market as a financial professional than I would ever have in Africa. This is, a, this is something that I'm sure about. And also because I, in my career, I worked in Germany, in France, and I worked in Kenya. And really that was two different worlds, I would say. Uh, so, for me, like um, especially also because I have the the chance, the great chance to have my co-founder who is born, bred in Kenya and knows uh, very very well the Kenyan market. I've never had any problem working, uh, at least in, in in East Africa and even with the, the other entrepreneurs in other African countries because they appreciate the fact that I have a feet also, I have a foot in in both continents because there is so much that they can do uh, also in uh, in Africa. Africa, there's so much investors they can also tap into, but then working with Melanin Capital, they can also reach out to a whole bunch of investors from um, Northern Europe, and they, they really uh, appreciate that perspective, uh, especially if they have also this internationalization perspective. Um, so I would say like uh, on the color thing, um, in, the, in the African continent, I felt always much more at home uh, and also because that's my passion, that's my drive, that's really a choice that I had since I'm very young that I always wanted to to work on the continent, to, to, to go back home at some point to build my half uh, life, the rest of my, uh, my other half of life uh, back in Africa that then when I actually fulfilled my dream and worked there, I had a very positive response and it, it really confirms to me every day that that's the choice I want to, to pursue. On the women aspect, um, I have a very uh, complex uh, relationships to that because I've always um, like really, I feel very comfortable in being uh, a woman and leading a company and I, I never apologize for it. And everyone that don't doesn't take me in, in consideration or in, you know, seriously i i just um go my way because there's a lot actually of people that today have understood that um empowering women to to be fund managers to be uh, leaders of companies is actually the future and is actually really important for our continent so we had the chance to to work with amazing partners i'm thinking for example of, of apsa bank uh, which is uh, a partner for, for for our next program uh investment readiness program and with whom we've worked a lot to to develop um our capacity building uh, lab lab uh, they have worked there with uh, the head of, of csr she's a woman herself and she has at her core uh the the motivation to support women and to make sure that um, we we can have more women-led businesses on the continent. Uh, so, for me, I'm uh, I know that there is a huge issue still uh, of a lack of of women entrepreneurs and women fund managers uh, on the continent. 
but I am, and also in Europe, by the way, but I am just trying to get in my focus and make sure that uh, we work with those that uh, don't have that kind of mindset and are willing to see us grow to then empower more entrepreneurs. No, that's that's awesome. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. And, you know, for those who don't understand the uh, color question, even myself going to South Africa uh, many moons ago, you know, they said, oh, you could be a colored. And I said, huh, I, I, I could be a colored. And I didn't. I was like, really? I've never been called like light skinned. But that I saw the difference between how even the colors, how they would engage. And I was with another friend who he's like, I'm considered a colored as well. And we can play both sides if we want. And I'm like, huh, okay. So, you know, there's still that. As an American, um, we typically don't understand that. We're like, black is black, you know, because we have the 1% rule here due to, you know, history and, um, you know, slavery, which people always hear about in the Jim Crow laws and all that good stuff that we wish we could get reparations for. We're, we're fighting, right? But you're doing a lot of good work. What is a community give back? Because your whole business could be a give back, but you want to make money. And we're going to get into that as well. But what is a community give back that you want to do or that you're doing right now? The community give back? Um, mm -hmm. Would you mean like what is the diasporan community? How is the diasporan community involved or with our activities, for instance? Well, whatever it is, for all I know, for every investment investment you guys do or client you take, you know, you 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 give something else to the community. But just, I mean, your whole—it's a difficult question for you because your whole thing is giving back and connecting, but. I just want to know, is there anything maybe you haven't mentioned or that we can't see on the website to say, we are doing this, or we plan on doing this in the future? Ah, so yes, maybe like on the planning, for sure. Like um, we we are planning uh, currently to to raise our first funds. Uh, and so this is, this is a, a huge endeavor, I would say, because our idea is really to make a fund where not only institutional investors could uh, invest, but also private investors in the diaspora community and in the African community would be able to pitch in, to be able to, um, yeah, get parts, uh, be part of our journey of uh, united African change makers and supporting uh, social entrepreneurs back on the continent. And this is something that is very important for us because uh, having worked in the in in the investment space for a while, like there's a lot of international funds that are looking at investing on the African continent, and this is a good thing. But we need more uh, also locals and diasporans getting into the investment space and creating wealth while having an impact back home uh, and an impact in Africa in general, even if it's not your, your home uh, in the first place. And uh, this, is, uh, this is a plan that we have for uh, the third quarter and the fourth quarter 20, um, 2021. So we are currently uh, building the structuration and will be fundraising uh, starting in September. So this is something that uh, we are uh, working in the background and that definitely will, will 
be happy to to spread the world because uh, we we will need support at that time uh, from from every African enthusiast. I would say. Well, break down how Melanin Capital, you know, makes their money or plans or how they make their money because you know venture funds they can take whatever percentage that you know they they create if you want to take their money, but a lot of times you know people ask myself because of the work that I do even here I want to uh, invest in Africa I want to give some money in Africa so I've created sites like mallofafrica.africa where people can see investments we've vetted and some that we're invested in but there needs to be more for every level because I like to focus on the micro investments because I know most Americans don't eat. I mean, they're one paycheck away from being broke. But, you know, instead of them going to Starbucks every day, if they took that money for, you know, a month or three months and put it into Africa, it could slowly grow into something which would then have them add more money. Because if they could make $100 a month by just investing, I bet you they do two, three, or when the stimulus checks came, something that, you know, Africa did not get, they would have took their stimulus check put it into something and like, whoa, I'm, I'm making $3,000 a month with investing my money. In America, it doesn't mean much, but in Africa, I could go live off that money and my family could be very nice, house helping drivers and all that. So what type of you know, money can Melanin Capital make to give the listener or the audience an idea to say, well, if I come in on these investments, if they're making, you know, 5%, at least maybe I could make 0.5%. Like, are you able to break that down? I know that's a confusing question, and I don't want to get all up in your pocketbook, but I also want people to know you're in this to make money. This is not a nonprofit. So when they come to you and you say, look, I need X percentage of your company, you're, they're not shocked, like, oh, like you're the problem. No, I fully, I, I fully understand. I appreciate that you emphasize on the fact that this is not non-profit. Uh, that's definitely a for-profit business because um, we wanted to get also a bit away from uh, the aid narrative. Of course, we collaborate also with the development corporation on programs that are more like on a philanthropic basis, I would say, and where we really focus on providing, um, you know, like knowledge and capacity building. But when it comes to really making startups grow through capital, um, I mean, most funds work uh, pretty much the same, right? So you have, it's a venture capital fund where you have limited partners and Melanin Capital as the general partner, and the idea is that when we invest in companies, we invest at a certain price and after a given amount of time, so three, four, five years, then we are able to sell those companies to another investor. And this is how uh, the profit is made. So to 
to give you some some examples like you have uh, ex, uh we can sell some companies two times or three times the price that we invested in the first place and this is the kind of return that we can give our investors so if you've put 50,000 euro uh, in our funds and then uh you exit uh our, our fund closes in the next uh, five to seven years then our our role will to give you uh, the highest return possible from the investments that we've done on the continent so so far I, like of course like there's very few funds that will tell you outright like the kind of returns they can they can uh, give you but uh, the norm uh, in the private equity space on the african continent that i've seen is usually around 15% uh, return which is much higher than anything you can get at the bank at the moment at least in europe uh, our savings accounts are much much um have much lower rate but the, that being said uh, you have to to measure the fact that investing in a fund is is riskier and that is why the 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 premium is coming there like if you put the money in a bank you may get like 0.5% or 1% like that's the rates mostly in france is below 1% but at least you sure that you will get back your money but in a fund it is not a hundred percent guaranteed so that's uh that's basically the play out here so of course our processes and the way that we invest in the funds and every venture capital will show you basically all the documentation and all the processes that will make you more comfortable to put your money and see that okay there is always a factor of um uh luck and bad luck but at least given the way that those people are uh selecting the companies making the due diligence um assessing the risk and supporting the companies to grow uh, i believe that i will be able to give the 50,000 to 100,000 to then be able to for those entrepreneurs to be financed and i expect a return uh of course uh that that will be generating after 5 6 7 years Okay. And so, you know, you talk about 15% return. Um does Melanin Capital take, you know, typically it can be 25 to 50% DC wants. And I know you have to leave something on the table to sell it back, but what do you, is there an average that you guys take? And I I I'm stressing that because I've met entrepreneurs who think they are on Lions Den or Shark Tank and say I'm only going to give up 5%. and i'm saying and you're only going to get a no because that's not enough so uh, definitely I people, yeah i want people to know from you know from you this is probably how much you're going to have to at least start to give up to be able to get help uh in terms of the the capital um for us we are always man man for we aim at because we are still building the fund but we are planning to be a minority shareholder which means of course we'll get less than 50% uh but uh, an ideal spot scenario is more between uh 15% to 30% that's the what we call a significant major, uh, minority and where you can actually ask for a board seat and really advise the company on on its operations and also then by advising and being part of the operations of the company and the strategy of the company you can also ensure to your investors that you have hands on on their investments that you make sure that the company uh, progresses in a, in a way that bring them return so yes definitely you're right like 5% would be 
it would it, it basically depends also of the on the model but at seed stage uh, where we are planning to come in as seed stage or pre-series a um, yeah we would look at at higher uh, shares of capital and you guys are really getting the game and Melanie also has a YouTube channel that she interviews entrepreneurs. And so if you say, I have a great idea, you know, that might be the first step to say, well, let me show you through the interview and that my, I can raise your numbers up even on the YouTube to get her excited about, you know, your business, because you guys have some great ideas out there. They just need people like Melanin Capital to capitalize and take it to the next level. With unity, we all win. Melanie, what is something you'd like to leave the people with? Well, um, I would like to say that um, definitely the time for Africa is, is now. And like we've been going through um, different phases. I remember when my dad uh, started, like we were starting to discuss uh, back in 20, 2008, 2009, like we used to, um, to have like uh, Africa seen as the dual continent and has the as the continent of poverty corruption and pollution but today um this is completely different africa is the land of opportunities where we can see startups like uh flutterwave being the first unicorn on on the african continent and being valued billions of dollars and this is the time for um for 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 us also uh the community that is from the diaspora or from um from africa directly to get involved and to also uh, support change uh, in our continent not in a way of um you know like donations only or philanthropy only but in a way that really build productive ideas and take productive ideas to the next level so i i would say that the time is to um uh you like to unite together and really power for for social change uh back in africa thank you so much again for having me uh kellen well, I thank you for coming on and I, I, I thank you for acknowledging great things like Flutterwave. There's so many, you know, mobile money and um, processing things that are needed on the continent and even in the Caribbean. Um, it's harder to send money to Jamaica than it is to send it to Kenya or Cameroon. So you guys have been blessed by the game. Um, we're going to take it offline, but make sure you check out Melanin Capital. Links are in the description box, no matter where you are in the world, you'd be blessed. Hi everyone! Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia? Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20 and in this course you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is going to cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that 100 US dollars is worth a thousand South African rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. 
I escape back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that, you know, when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course, there's a little preview you can listen to um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com Don't miss out. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits, be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.